Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Well, episode 97. You don't have your headphones on, so I don't sound as cool. You know how cool y'all sound? If you have ever a chance to get like these awesome radio mics like we have and real headphones and a real whatever this thing is called, board thingy <laughs> that Casey told me to buy, um, you really sound, you sound way better on I phone. sound better on this than an actual person. In person, I'm like, whiny, whiny, whiny. And on this, I'm like, deep and like. <laughs> well, you said it. I'm like, hey. No. You're now Barry White or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Hey, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Barry White. No, it's like, it does. Evan <laughs> in the chipmunk. Yeah. It's like, it does sound different. I don't know. You just Sometimes we'll have like prep conversations about talks we're going to do or different things wearing our headphones and microphones just because we sound way smarter. It's, yeah. It's, it sounds more like you have a radio voice even though you don't. So why don't you talk about what you're going to talk about? <laughs> desensitization. Dude, so. I need, I need like desensitization to you so I can stand this. No, uh, you don't actually. No. Um, okay. So a couple days ago. We, we aired the typical Tuesday podcast on the whole secondary um, switching to monoproduct buprenorphine because of adverse effects of the combo product. This talk is a really cool case study. So this is based on one case study on Ooh. how you can desensitize a person. So like, let's back up. So a person who has a lot of allergies, penicillin, penicillin allergy, for example, and, but yet you need to be able to give them that product. So they don't like have anaphylaxis to it. And you have to do like the baby doses for a long time to get them sensitized. So do you then remember, they though, don't that, react. That study where they, they checked people, they found all these people that thought they were allergic to penicillin. Well, no. Okay. And then they actually checked to okay. see if they really were. And it was like, <laughs> Nine out of ten. Okay, penicillin is a bad choice. Okay, you know people get allergy sh- allergy shots. People get chronic allergy shots, which is desensitizing them to okay, being allergic now. to Minnesota. Okay, you know. That's anyway, better. so that's a real thing. So, what about a person who has a hypersensitivity to buprenorphine yet they have an opioid use disorder and they can't take methadone? Wait for it. Okay, so this was super fascinating was actually in the journal of allergy and clinical immunology my god how'd you find this because actually i can tell you how i found this i had a patient very similar to this and our new co-worker not gonna uh-huh. say names at this point our new co-worker who is amazing handed me this article because i took this patient and a patient who was having some adverse reactions to the combo product and said, I don't think you're at this point, but just here's a cool article I found. So he actually found it and handed it to me. So I didn't actually have to find it. Wow. But I really love have it. Have I ever handed you something, an article that you, you and like you went, wow, this guy's smart. I can't believe he had this. Anyway, so this was by <laughs> this Studious et al. Again, in 2010. The guy's name's Studious? Studious. Oh, Studious. It's, it's a T. It's a stupid. Yeah, I don't have the first page of the... If you're out there, Dr. Studious, just tell us how to pronounce it. It's a female, Lisa, S-T-U-T-I-U-S, Stucious. 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 There's a lot of people who are in on this, so it's at all. Oh my gosh, this is a person's last name. Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology. 
2010. Vipadanakul. Anyway, out of Boston. This is out of Boston, and I love Boston. Boston's like one of my favorite cities. Anyway, so let's back up. Buprenorphine, semi-synthetic, partial mu agonist, but don't forget that it's also a kappa opioid receptor antagonist. That's mm. apparently important in this. So is Boston. It is. <laughs> it's so important. Marky Marks from Boston. Oh, my God. Never mind. Anyway, and did you know Paul Revere never actually said the British are coming? Okay. Remember when we were looking at that? Anyway, so let's talk about the sublingual tablets of buprenorphine to remind people the mean plasma elimination is a half-life of 37 hours. Not that that super is important, but it can be when we're talking about hypersensitivity. Well, that's the average life of a, of a mayfly. Never mind. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, <laughs> okay. Where am I going with oh that? Oh, my gosh. If you just crashed your car, you can call Kurt at three two zero. Just kidding, five 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 five. Um. Anyway, so all opioids, not just buprenorphine, can cause a hypersensitivity, and that is because of this directly activating mast cells or basophils. We're going to immunology here. Those are those blue cells, <laughs> the small blue things. Yeah, Doctor Ward, like you didn't have no. him. Those mast cells are all covered with little bubbles. Okay, for those of you who don't know, the University of Minnesota Medical School in Duluth is probably one of my favorite places in the universe. Move Actually on. named my last child after Dr. Rappish. Lillian. Yeah, Lil Rappish. Oh, but Dr. Ward, you didn't have him, but he was the greatest pathologist ever. I'm actually not a horrible pathologist because of him, but would you basophils are small blue things. Yep. Um, they activate these mast cells or basophils in an IgE-dependent manner. So IgE is always felt to be like the allergic type hypersensitivity response. response. So the most common hypersensitivity reaction with any opioid is rashes, hives, itching. So all I think about when I read that is when I had my... my C-sections. I was going to say know, epidural. You, and have, you know, no, yeah. a spinal. Epidural, they don't always use morphine anymore because of this reaction, but spinals, they do. Yep. And the itching. Oh my gosh, you should have seen me. It was horrible. So rashes, uh, hives, and puritis. Less common though, you can get bronchospasm, angioedema, anaphylaxis. These are very rare. I've been there. Not with this, but yeah, that's not good. Yeah, with like omeprazole. You guys, if you ever want to like... <laughs> Never mind. I'm one of the few people in the world that had anaphylaxis from omeprazole. You probably shouldn't tell people like, that because you have any enemies. Yeah, Putin, Putin will probably send omeprazole to Oh, food. I have a story, but I'm not going to go there. But okay, anyway, go ahead. So there was this case study on this 21-year-old who had a female who had a six-year history of opioid use disorder. She had a hypersensitivity to buprenorphine, heroin, oxycodone, hydrocodone, and methadone. Wow. So in this study, in this case study, they did a desensitization to the buprenorphine. So they actually in the study go through all of her reactions to all of these. But heroin was kind of like the commonest reaction. So most common? No, the commonest of all of her reactions. You don't think the correct thing would be to say you most can say common? either actually in an English world. Okay, just checking. Unless you're one of my English professors from Gustavus, you can call and correct me. Anyway, so heroin for her caused severe hives, vomiting, coughing, and the sensation of her throat closing in. And trust me, that's no good. But this happened with legit all opioid products. Wow. From methadone to morphine to heroin to buprenorphine to oxydehydrocodone. So at one point she was taking buprenorphine, BID, with, and they decided when they induced her onto this because she had this opioid use disorder and was, you know, going to die of an overdose, they started her with cetirizine. Wow. So 
she was doing well on buprenorphine, and the dose was only two milligrams of mm. buprenorphine, and it was the naloxone combo project product, but it was project. buprenorphine, two milligrams, BID, with cetirizine, 10 milligrams. Wow. And she did great. She, but six months after starting on this combo regimen, she just missed one dose of cetirizine. Not like on purpose with the relapse. She just didn't have a cetirizine for one dose and immediately got hives, dizziness, and throat closing <sighs> because she missed her one dose. Um, they were able to dose That's her with cetirizine. Good. She got better. Um, if they were to increase her buprenorphine ever, it got worse. So, can I go on a tangent? Uh huh. Because in the in the old days, when you got uh, a shot of Epi with an auto injector, the needle stayed out. Yeah, you should have seen that thing. It was like a, it was about the size of a handle on a shovel. Well, I'm just saying. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, sorry so about the dur- tangent. <laughs> That's- it, it was something you didn't want to see. So that was in like before I was born times because I've never seen it. But uh, you know, cool. I mean. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that didn't have, you know, now they have like when I was doing COVID vaccines, they have like the automatic retractable needles when we were doing the COVID vaccines oh, yeah. at the Johnson & Johnson. It scared the bejesus out of me the first time I gave the injection and it just like, it's scared. All right, we should probably get anyway. back to the talk. Okay, so if she were to not take her cetirizine, she'd got her respiratory symptoms kept getting worse. So it wasn't just the hives, but she'd get more severe, more frequent, da 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 Wow. If she relapsed, because this had happened, her side effects and her reaction would happen with anything she relapsed to, mostly heroin. Like wow. it just kept. So she'd go into anaphylaxis worse. immediately. Almost, well, almost anaphylaxis. And she actually, it was is very like interesting. This just shows the severity of the disease of addiction. Is that yeah. You'll take the risk. You'll take the risk of such a horrible allergic reaction to something that might kill you regardless because that is how bad your disease is. Well, and it's like, you know, I have no cravings for omeprazole, just so you know. I mean, it is. It's that's, not. That's, I mean, that's, that's not even kind of related. I know, but it's like, yeah, would I take one again? No. But, but, but the heroin has caused that change in your brain. Exactly. So when these allergy people, they got a referral for her because she really, really, really wanted to be done with her opioid use disorder. What a great referral. It's so interesting. I know, right? And the funniest thing is these researchers were actually in the pediatric department. Wow. And she's a 21-year-old, so she's still technically- I have a whole new respect for pediatricians. Right? Okay. Like, this is, I don't know, I need to meet, maybe we should email these people because I would love to know if they have any long-term follow-up on this chick because this was, you know, from 2010. So wow. we should email them. Okay. Sorry, man, lady, situous, situous, whatever. Anyway, stu-ish. so when they saw her the first time, she had pretty remarkable dramatographism, mm. which is probably one of my most favorite things to diagnose, especially in teenage girls. But look at all those eosinophils. Because when you scratch them and they get a smiley face, which is what I always do, they just freak out at you and you're just like, haha. So her trip. Triptolase was extremely elevated. Her CBC is 5% eosinophils, but everything else in her CBC, her LFTs, her thyroid was all normal. Mm. So they decided we have to try to desensitize her like we would for other allergies. So here's what's interesting to me. Mm. Okay. 
I, I can pretend to be able to go through this dosing regimen, but I'm not going to pretend I know what I'm talking about. Let's just give the highlights. Okay, so how they started was they took two milligrams, and they did just use the plain buprenorphine product. They ground it, and they suspended it in sterile water. So it ended up being basically like a mill of water. Wow. But then they incrementally dosed it, with like 0.1 mils, just different strengths. You know, they were able to titrate out the strengths of the buprenorphine they were giving this chick. So what they did, and actually this was all at one time. This wasn't like allergy shots over weeks. They did eight incremental doses of sublingual buprenorphine. So they took this 0.1 mils of liquid and did it sublingually. Just, I mean, 0.1 mils is not a lot. With an epinephrine pen nearby. Well, but anyway. actually, no, um, <laughs> because before they gave it to her, they pre-medicated her with cetirizine 10 milligrams. Wow. Now, yes, they had emergency, obviously, stuff nearby, but they didn't want to give her anything else because they wanted to prove that the cetirizine could work. So every 30 minutes, they gradually increased her dose. So her first dose, the strength of buprenorphine, remember, they started with a two milligram film or whatever tablet, was 0.002 micrograms. So they started with a super-duper baby dose. Man. And every 30 minutes, they dosed her again up to the target dose of 2 yeah. milligrams BID. These patient, these people have the patience of Job. But anyway, go ahead. I mean, anaphylaxis, you got to be patient. <laughs> um, and guess what? During this whole time getting her up to this target dose of 2 milligrams BID, no reaction. Wow. So... She maintained after leaving that desensitization on her cetirazine 10 milligrams daily with the maintenance of suboxone or buprenorphine 2 milligrams. They stayed in the buprenorphine product during this time, 2 milligrams twice daily. Three and a half months in, she did relapse for a couple of weeks Mm. back to heroin. So she wasn't taking her cetirazine, obviously not taking her buprenorphine. You'd think she'd take the cetirazine knowing that it would kind of keep her in trouble. But if you're relapsing to heroin, are you thinking about that? Remember, we have a frontal lobe dysfunction here. Although we're three and a half months in, but she didn't. She dropped it all and relapsed to heroin. She used heroin for about two weeks, and guess what? She was desensitized also to heroin. She did not have any further anaphylaxis issues even with heroin. That is stunning. Now, the good news is that she came back to the clinic after a couple weeks of this relapse. Got back on. So she got back on, you know, the regimen with the cetirazine at about four months. So... Can I promise you that this desensitization would have worked long-term with heroin? I can't. We need to find out. We no, need we, to... we don't because this this chick got into recovery. We don't need to find out. No, but I want to know... Where she's at now? Yeah, if she if she re... Oh. If, if as, as far as that if came If she's back. still in recovery. No, not if she's in recovery. How long did this last, this desensitization? Yes, but my question was like, if she wouldn't have come back and she would have just stayed on heroin, would it have gradually created more... Mm. reaction again or was she long-term desensitized okay so anyway when she came back they actually increased her buprenorphine dose to three milligrams twice daily and did amazingly on this wow so so is that this it? was the first study of desensitization of any opioid of well i lied not any but this is the one that was like a kind of a, a pivotal study for a couple of reasons well all joking aside that's amazing isn't it amazing yeah because I'm so shocked at the whole, I mean, talk about the worst patient to have opioid use disorder. Yeah. Not only are you going to die of respiratory depression, but you're going to die of like 
and a plexus too. Okay, so interesting. There is a difference between the morphine reaction, hypersensitivity reaction, and all of their opioids. I didn't know this until I read this. So. Okay, hit me. I'm trying to remember how to state this. Okay, so morphine is an IgE-mediated opioid hypersensitivity. So you can actually do like a blood or skin protest for the morphine sensitivity because it's IgE mediated. Okay. Okay. But this buprenorphine thing and actually most other opioids except morphine, that's kind of like a quotation, but buprenorphine especially, is independent of IgE because it's mast cell Mm. degranulation. So if you were to do a bunch of skin prick tests on this patient, this female chick here, she wouldn't so show sensitivity. You lost me at desensitization. Oh, no, I'm sorry. But no, isn't that I, interesting? That's a really interesting that it's, it's all not mast I, cell and not IgE. Correct. The, it's, mm. So you couldn't even take a patient and test them for this because mm. it wouldn't show up on a normal skin prick scratch test thingy, whatever. Let me know when you're done. Okay, so the last final part of this, this amazing study that we're going to hound them until we can talk to them. That'll be Erin's job next week. Um, is actually two weeks ago. It'll be her job because mm. this is in the future. I we're thought taping. it was Monday. No, but that mon- this is this is currently airing, and it's March April seventh. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, <whoops>. okay. <laughs> um, so they did this in the oral mucosa. So the question that they had at the end of their paper was, could you do this desensitization? With like the sublocade kind of thing. Or an mm. IV version of a buprenorphine. Mm. The question is they don't know because the reason they did it in the sublingual was because the mast cells. Can you like listen? This is this is like. Okay, start over blowing. and talk slower. <laughs> <laughs> they did oral mucosa sublingual yep. desensitization rather than doing like IV or. Sub-Q. Sub-Q, which would have been easier to measure if it was IV anyway, because sublingual, mm. you have to like measure it and hope it absorbs. The reason they did that is because the mast cell concentrations in the oral mucosa are super-duper low. So the chance of having an adverse reaction to the desensitization orally was going to be super low versus if they were to do it IV or something, the mast cells would have been much higher, so the adverse reaction could have been higher. That is crazy. Here I thought this really quick study would be a short podcast, but yeah, eighteen minutes already. <laughs> it's like I'm I'm thinking, could you talk more slowly? But isn't no. this? I mean, I need to go off script at a minute when you're done. So, okay, here's what happened in clinic. It's, I have a sad story. So here's what happened in clinic, right? So I had this patient. We kind of debated: is this kind of the thing? But I don't think it's a thing because this dude had never had any issues with fentanyl or heroin or anything like this. So I didn't think it was this severe but his symptoms with suboxone were the throat closing and all of this so i had to kind of make this mm. judgment here and but all i had in house was obviously this i did have plain buprenorphine i, did, I had the mono product mm. but i only <laughs> i only had um diphenhydramine uh. and all the study was done in cetirizine which is my ideal choice anyway as an outpatient but so far so good although i he's been lost to follow-up so far <laughs> mm. Hopefully it's only because he's lost follow-up, but um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like I think anaphylaxis scares a lot of people and I think we yeah. don't think well, that this is actually a thing. I've been there, so it's no good. So 
Let me know when you're done. I'm done. Yeah, just as an aside, I, I don't know, I didn't tell you this, but I, I thought, well, I'm going to listen to some other addiction podcasts. So I Googled top addiction podcasts, and there was one that said top 15. I thought, hmm, let me look. We weren't in there. <laughs> what? Here I'm thinking it's going to be some revelation. Um, it was a revelation. I thought, seriously? You were offended. I was like, what? So you all need to tell your friends. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I mean, if you're listening to us, you must not think well, we're that awful. I hate to tell you, but I've replaced you. I'm looking for somebody with a little more jazz. So, yeah. The fact that you said a little more jazz <laughs> tells us I should be replacing you. Anyway, Casey, please save us. All right, Casey, put some music on and just keep us quiet. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Sun is rising high, burning into the day. I will say goodbye. I'll be going away. Brush away my doubts. What tomorrow will hold. Feeling fine for now. Going down the road to a city to sing. About the trees and the wind. About the hills in the spring. The bend, the rocky deep pass, and the poppies and ponies running through the grass, up and down the road. They paid for the stories they're told of a clear new day, only down the road. So heavy rain at my back, lazy meadows ahead. In my book, I keep track of the promises set for my songs in a town. For tomorrow, we'll Say goodbye. I'll be going away. I brush away my doubts. What tomorrow will hold? Feeling fine for now. Going down the road. Feeling fine for now. Going down the road. I'm feeling fine for now. Do 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 do